The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Well, we're joined by the Minister for Finance, Michael McGrath. Thank you for joining us, Minister. Minister, I think Hi, for many people, the budget is about feeling a little bit financially better off to cope with the costs of living. There was something you said in the budget today. You said, I expect living standards will improve for the vast majority in the next 12 months with incomes growing faster than the rate of inflation. Why do you expect that? Uh, because that is the basis of uh, of our budget and our economic forecasts. Uh, we are forecasting uh, that for next year inflation will uh, be less than 3%. Uh, so on average we believe that uh, incomes will rise by between 4 and 5% next year. And I think when you look at the distribution of uh, the various measures in the budget, whether they be the one-offs, the permanent measures in social welfare, the permanent changes to our income tax code, uh, I think it is uh, definitely the case that the overwhelming majority of people will experience uh, in net terms uh, income growth that is considerably ahead of inflation and therefore will be making real gains uh, after having in many instances taking a step back in the last 12 to 18 months in terms of living standards. Well indeed that's why I was asking you because as we heard from Ben there in the 5 of 5 median weekly earnings increasing by only 4% over the last year inflation would have been well ahead of that leaving a lot of people are trying to play catch up at present But what if your figures in relation to inflation are wrong? Because, let's face it, most of the predictions in relation to inflation over the last 18 months have underestimated the extent of the problem. Yeah, and inflation uh, remains high, but it is falling, and it is uh, about half the rate that it was in Ireland now at the peak. It peaked at uh, almost uh, 10% about a year ago. It now stands at around 5%, and the forecasts that my department have made are broadly in line with a whole range of other forecasts, which, of course, can be wrong, and I acknowledge that. There is always a degree of risk when it comes to uh, economic forecasting, um, but that is uh, the best information that we have at this point in time. Uh, and we are seeing uh, incomes rise now at a higher rate and then where we can help to press down costs for families as we have done in a whole range of areas in the last year or so and we'll do more across next year and then by reducing uh, the burden of income tax and when you combine that with electricity credits uh, and with uh, some of the additional payments that we've made through the social welfare system uh, that when you combine all of that I am certain that the overwhelming majority will be better off next year. Let's talk about the burden of income tax, as you put it, because of near 14 billion euro worth of measures announced today, not much more than a billion goes in relation to income tax cuts. Why don't you trust people with more of their own money rather than spending it for them? Uh, we do trust people uh, with their own money, but we do have to make sure that we can uh, fund the running of the state uh, on a sustainable basis. We have a programme for government commitment uh, about indexation of bans and credits uh, as earnings begin to grow again. Uh, they are now growing again. Uh, it seems to be only the government parties that favour uh, any form of reform to income tax, any reductions in the burden of income tax. What I have sought to do in the way I've constructed uh, the package in this budget is to be fair to low and middle income earners to make sure uh, that they uh, do reasonably well by increasing the credits at the core uh, two credits by 100 euro each so that's 200 euro uh, and then by widening that lower rate USC band is very important for lower income uh, workers in addition of course to the the increase to the entry point to the marginal rate and if you look at the distribution table that we publish uh, as part of the budget in percentage terms the people who gain the most uh, at 
at around 2, 2.2% uh, are those in the, in the 40s in terms of income, 40 odd thousand euro uh, annual income. Uh, and I think that is right, that is appropriate, because they do carry you know, a relatively high burden of income tax relative to many other countries. So it's about making progress, sustainable steps, doing it in a way that is uh, consistent within the overall budgetary framework. Uh, and of course, there are many other priorities uh, across government. But if you were to make no changes, which appears to be the view of many in the Dáil, then as incomes rise, not only are people paying a lot more tax, but their effective rate of tax and the real burden of income tax increases. And that really would be an increase in tax by stealth uh, through the back door, which I believe would be wrong. And that's why we've made the changes uh, today, which do result in the marginal rate of tax now falling uh, to 48% on incomes up to 70,000. You're the first Fianna Fáil Minister for Finance since the late Brian Lenehan. It was Brian Lenehan who brought in the universal social charge as an emergency tax, a temporary measure. It has become, it seems, almost permanent, definitely permanent. Why just tinker with it today, reducing the 4.5% rate to 4%? If, that, if that's all you do at a time of great budget surpluses, does that mean we're stuck with it permanently? Um, I do believe it will be a feature of our, of our income tax system uh, into the future. It brings in about five and a half billion euro. Uh, it is a tax that is highly progressive, uh, very difficult to avoid. So it's effective from the state's point of view, but of course from the point of view of, of income earners and workers, uh, they, would, they would have a different perspective on it. But it is a tax that is used to fund the running of the state. Uh, I do believe that it will be possible over the, over the years ahead uh, to make further progress uh, in reducing the burden of it, but we do have to balance that against the need of investing in a state where the population is growing, where we have growing demands for public services. We want them to be affordable, we want them to be accessible, uh, and so I do think we have to, to balance tax reductions against the need for continued investment, and as you've acknowledged yourself, uh, the, the broad thrust of the budget has been about an emphasis on investment uh, and uh, improving public services and investing in infrastructure as well as of and, course and I will get to those to in a moment in the future. I want to ask you though about motorists because many of our listeners are in their cars they have no option but to use their car to get to and from work the public transport alternatives are not available for many people you've decided to defer the reintroduction of the full amount of excise duty on fuel which was due to come in at the end of October. But given that there is an increase because of the carbon budget coming, and given the uncertainties in relation to the oil prices at present, is that fair to motorists that you are taking so much money from them in government taxes on the price of a litre of petrol or diesel? Um, well, first of all, I think it should be acknowledged we have made that decision about the, the end of, of this month because of the volatility at the uh, pumps. We've seen the, the price of oil increase significantly in the markets. Uh, the dollar has strengthened, uh, which has pushed up prices as well. So we are deferring that to uh, April and August of next year. The carbon tax does uh, proceed, and it proceeds because you know we've laid out a trajectory out to 2030 so that we can have uh, long-term policy 
policy in place uh, so that we can, over time, help to change behaviour. That's why I have extended the VRT relief on uh, battery electric vehicles. Uh, it's why I have extended uh, some of the changes I made to benefit in kind for people who drive company vehicles, whether it be an EV or a non-EV. Uh, and over time, we do need to make those changes, uh, which I acknowledge is not affordable for many, but we use the carbon tax proceeds now uh, to invest in uh, anti-fuel poverty measures, uh, to help people with retrofitting. We have a massive program now of retrofitting, and also to help our farmers then in the green transition uh, that they are currently working through. So it does provide us with a, a stable source of revenue uh, to help us to bring about that structural shift in our economy towards decarbonisation, which over time is necessary. But the, the much larger increase was the one due at the end of October, uh, and that is now not happening. Okay. Earlier this year, it was suggested that we were going to have a surplus of about 65 billion euro over a number of years and would have all sorts of options available to us as to how the money would be spent. Have you given up on that idea, 65 billion? What's the new target figure? Uh, well, we've set out today in the budget documentation the forecasts out to 2026, and I would make the point that from the beginning of last year to the end of next year, uh, we have surpluses of 25 billion euro that we are not spending. Uh, and that is why today I laid out a long-term plan, uh, a Future Ireland Fund to provide for the needs to coming at, that are coming at us really quickly, uh, as well as then having a fund uh, that can sustain a high level of public capital investment, even if we encounter a downturn or an economic shock over the years ahead. And that's really important because one of the consequences of the last crash was that public capital investment fell by about 60%. Um, what I've laid out is a long-term plan that will involve making contributions at a level of 0.8% of GDP each year out to 2035 uh, and assuming a rate of return that the NTMA have advised us is reasonable and achievable. We believe that that can, can grow to a fund of 100 billion euro by the middle of the next decade. That will earn an annual return then uh, which can be used as part of the budgetary process uh, and will offset some of the cost increases uh, that are coming out away really quickly. So, uh, but, that's but why not very use the money now to put it into additional housing, additional hospitals, nursing homes, wind farms, the electricity grid? Are there not investments that are required in the next three to five years rather than putting money aside and then maybe spending it in more than a decade's time? But I would argue that we are doing that. We will have a public capital programme next year of around 13 billion euro. And we have made a conscious decision uh, that some of the windfall corporate tax receipts are going to be used in the next three years uh, to enhance our public capital programme, to build more homes, more schools, invest in healthcare, renewable energy, all of, the, all of the things that you touched on. So I do think we need a balance. Yes, we can spend some of the surpluses on capital. We can't use volatile corporate tax receipts to fund ex uh, permanent expenditure measures because if the receipts do reduce in time we're left with a gap uh, so it's a combination of spending more on capital uh, but also making provision for costs that are coming really really quickly our way in the coming years Just a couple of ones to finish up You announced a new back bank levy but no details of it You said you hope to get about 200 million euro from our banks Why so little when they're making between them more than 5 billion euro in profits? 
Well, this is uh, a matter of judgment uh, that has to be exercised. The corresponding figure in the current year is uh, 87 million euro. Uh, so the bank levy has been more than doubled uh, for next year. Uh, as against that, uh, the state holds uh, shares that are currently worth in excess of 5 billion euro in the banks. We also collect and benefit from dividends uh, that are being paid by uh, AIB in particular. And we expect in the future uh, there will be dividends from uh, permanent TSB. Uh, we have uh, stood over the continuation of uh, the deferred tax assets, the carrying forward of losses, but I do think a more than doubling of the bank levy uh, is appropriate in the circumstances, uh, particularly given uh, the very high level of profitability that they are enjoying now because of the interest rate environment. But they are avoiding effectively corporation tax, aren't they, because of all the historical losses, and this €200 million euro wouldn't come anywhere near the corporation tax that would be levied if they weren't using those losses. Uh, they do have losses forward, that is correct, and that is a well-established part of our corporate tax system, that losses from one year can be carried forward into the future. Of course, in the case of our banking system, the backdrop is exceptional, the scale of losses uh, that were crystallised uh, at the time of the financial crisis. Um, but this is a significant contribution uh, which will be made uh, next year, and there will be the continuation of a banking levy into the future, uh, certainly until we reach a point in time where those deferred tax assets uh, have been exhausted. But I do have to consider the wider consequences because uh, you know, increasing it you know, dramatically further beyond that uh, would not be um, entirely to the benefit of the state. There would be a consequence in other areas where okay. the state benefits from its relationship with the banks. One brief final one. You put an extra 75 cent on the price of 20 cigarettes, but then it turns out that there isn't any tax as such on e-cigarettes and vapes at present. Why not? Why are you waiting a year to see what the EU does? Couldn't you put an interim tax even now on those products? Uh, because uh, it is uh, a complex area where there is design work involved. We have to engage with the revenue commissioners, with a whole range of stakeholders. We recognise that for some, uh, e-cigarettes are a way of getting off tobacco and uh, that you know serves a very useful public policy in that regard. Um, but we have also seen, uh, in my view, uh, uh, an unacceptable growth in the use of, of vapes targeting young people. As a government, we are as you know, going to uh, to ban the sale uh, of vapes to uh, to children, uh, anyone under the age of 18. That legislation is being brought forward. The EU, we're not waiting for the EU in terms of their policy development. We are going to proceed, but it's important that we get it right, and I do need the time uh, to work uh, with stakeholders and design uh, the introduction of a new tax, which will take effect in the following budget. Minister for Finance, Michael McGrath, thank you. The Minister for Public Expenditure, Pascal Donoghue, is with us next. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today and-